Hey guys and gals, we're your hosts, Mackenzie and Sierra, and you're listening to the Girls Gone Gab podcast. Buckle up because we're about to get gabbing. Um, I feel like we have a couple of things to touch on in Bachelor Nation before we jump in to this most recent episode. One, did I have a dream about Ben Smith's dog? Maybe I did. Um, <laughs> it was so random. So we talked about, like, like, honestly, people are probably thinking I'm, like, dreaming about Nick Jonas and Ben Smith all the time because I've now told these stories almost back to back. But that's not the truth. Um, I haven't dreamed about the Jonas Brothers in years. And I've never had a dream about Ben from The Bachelor or anyone from The Bachelor, honestly, I don't think. Until this Just week, so we're clear. I had so a dream we're clear. not You're about-, about Ben Smith from Tasha's season. Yes, the only Ben Smith. Um, but it wasn't about him. It was about his dog. So if you follow him on Instagram, you saw that he got a dog this week. And it, I don't know because I went back the other day because I'm like, am I going crazy? I don't know if he's like officially named the dog because in most of the posts, like the actual like feed post, there's not like a name in the caption. But I swear the day that he posted that he'd like got the dog on his stories, he like wrote the word or the name Missy next to the dog. Just Missy. So maybe he meant it as like a term of endearment, like just like bro or boy maybe because it's a girl dog he was just calling it missy but i know he said on caitlin bristow's podcast he likes like girl or he likes human names for dogs which missy is like more of a human name i think so i think it's very possible that the dog's name is missy but it's also possible (laughs) it's not named missy but i saw this as um uh i don't i don't know what to call it but a sign because my my name is not Missy, but I know I'm so sorry that whenever you broke the news to me and you're like, oh my god, Ben just got a new dog, and its name is Missy, and I totally missed the reference. I was just like, and this is significant. You know Why? Um, because I have a in addition to my regular Instagram and the Girls Gone Gab Instagram, my fitness. Instagram and my business name is Modern Missy. So that's not something I really talk about on the podcast a lot, but I've essentially had this account for years now, years, like since I was in college, like middle of college. So I've had it for a long, long time. Um, And I have trained clients under this name in the past, but I really started building it up more in the past, like six months or so, um, to make it just to grow it even more. Um, and so it operates under the name modern Missy, because the reason I like alliteration and everything I do, obviously girls gone gab, my name is alliteration Mackenzie McIntyre. So it matched like the MM and just the whole idea of like Missy is like a little bit sassier than just like girl or woman or lady or any other female term. So it's a little sassy like me. And then modern, it's just like, you know, it's a modern, it's a modern Missy. It's not an old school Missy. It's a modern Missy. So that is the name 
that I do business under. That is my alter ego, is Modern Missy. So when he named his dog Missy, of all things, I just don't know many men that would think to name their dog Missy. So it feels, it feels it a little significant. It felt rare. significant. It felt significant. And so basically, I now feel more connected to this dog than I do him. <laughs> so what and was the dream? I'm assuming. So in the dream, like, we're at, like, some type of, like, not party, but, like, get-together type thing. It felt like, like, a beach volleyball thing, like, where people are playing volleyball. There's, like, maybe a bar. Like, people are just, like, drinking, like, standing around in circles. It's outdoors. It's kind of casual. So that's happening. Ben's there, but he's, like, talking to some friends um, or people. I don't know who they are. I'm assuming friends. And I'm, like, with somebody else like a, another friend or I don't know, maybe I'm just standing by myself and the dog's just like running around, like playing with different people. And the dog like runs up to me. And so I like crouch down to like pet it and it jumps up into my arms and like lays its head on my neck and just like, is like cozied in. Like, it's just like chilling. And it was like running around fast. Like it's found its match. It's me. And so everyone around is like, oh my gosh, so cute. And so like I make eye contact with Ben at this point, who's like 10-ish feet away. And he just like winks slash like laughs, like, haha, my dog loves you kind of thing. But like I don't interrupt him in his conversation. He doesn't like come over to me. I go over to this sand pit and start running around with the dog <laughs> and playing. And we're just like having a great time. And that's the end of the dream. That's it. Me playing with the dog. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess my subconscious is more excited to meet the dog um, than Ben. Um, Ben's really just a means to get to the dog. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, me and Missy, we're, we are the soulmates. And Ben is just our third-party connection. To each other so yeah strange dream nothing too exciting there but take that for what you will bachelor nation bands um really funny and then like, we're gonna have to start having a segment that's just like let's analyze mackenzie's dreams like what does this mean because we can't well, the do thing that. is like most of the time they're just so strange and have nothing to do with anyone i've ever like met before or anyone i can name or like anything that's like a decent story so the fact that i've had two fairly recently nick jonas proposing and Ben Smith's dog's in love with me. It's a lot to take I'm in. like, but we couldn't, we could never do this with me though, because I don't have dreams that I know or remember. Like I don't have ever, ever. like hardly ever. Something's wrong with your brain. Like every now and then I might have a dream and like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, Hmm, interesting. And then I'll go back to sleep. And then I've lost all memory of it. Like I don't retain whatever it is I'm dream dreaming about. Well, it depends on the time that you, like, wake up in the dream. Right. So that's, like, we're dreaming every night. Yeah. But it's just a matter of, like, when you wake up, if you remember them. So maybe I'm just more a chaotic maybe, sleeper. Yeah, I'm thing I don't dream. I'm not, like, I think of nothing. It's a black hole. <laughs> it's blank. <laughs> Flatlined. I'm not saying that. I know that I dream. I just don't wake up and remember any of it. Like, I, it's completely erased from my memory. It's all gone. So... We can never do this. I, I sometimes remember, and I'm also someone that's good at going back into them. Oh. If I want to, I I forget all. There's a name for it. Um, I have the – I'm pretty good at harnessing going back into my dreams. Like if it's a good one, 
I will be like, I want to go back. Like, I don't know. I just tell my brain that. And <laughs> you're like, you just don't wait back to this dream. Ready? Go. <laughs> and it's, I, I've, I'm not saying like, I do it all the time. I do it every night or like every week or anything like that. But like on a regular enough basis that I can say I've consistently done it over my lifespan thus far that especially like if it's a weekend and I can sleep in and it's a good one, I'm like, we're going back. It's like back in the day when I had more Jonas Brother dreams, that's when I would like fully utilize that power. I'd be like, take me back, take me back to the Jonas Brothers concert, whatever it was at the time that I was dreaming about. And yeah, it's my special talent. I don't, I don't have any too many other good ones to share right now. If anything else comes up, I will let you know. But I will move the people on from that somewhat boring story and the hottest tea piping hot from Bachelor Nation is that surprise, surprise, Claire and Dale have split up. They've decided to go their separate ways <laughs> is what they've, they've called it, which I saw some like rumor yesterday. So today's Tuesday when we're recording and I saw some like rumor yesterday of like they might be splitting up people had noticed that like claire was just like talking on her stories about like having a bad day and dale was posting like a lot of bible verses i don't follow either of them so i didn't see any of this and then um apparently dale had like removed his like comments from all of her posts that he'd like commented on and people noticed that passive aggressive but okay it just seems like a lot like when people do that in breakups unless like they really did something like horrendous to you. But anyways, um, I saw something that said that they've been fighting recently. Yeah. Just that they've been fighting like whatever, but people didn't like know for sure that they were like done. But then like an hour before we started recording this, Dale posted an announcement, but Claire had not yet. And he just said like, they were going their separate ways. It was best for both of them. Yeah. I, I mean, do we have a lot to say there? Not really. I don't want to be one of those people that's like, I told you so, because honestly, I really did like want her to find her person. Yeah. Like, I think, I think most, for the most part, the majority of the people were like, good for you. But exactly. it does feel rushed and I'm not like super surprised. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, I like I genuinely wanted it to be it for her and I thought it could have been like just the fact that they did seem so sure and this, you know, just they acted like it was just so magnetic and they were meant to be together, but and now looking back, it just does feel like okay, well maybe rushing into things was not the answer, but you live and you learn and maybe we'll see them on paradise. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Wouldn't that be some tea if both of them were there? Claire would lose her mind. That would be crazy. I don't even... I feel like Dale would maybe do it, but Claire wouldn't. I don't think either If it was further out from now, but I don't think that Claire... Yeah. I mean, there's a possibility that neither of them do. But I think, like, say, if it was, like, a year from now, I could see Claire going on Paradise again. But I don't know that... I don't think she would do it this close to the breakup because mm. it's it's been confirmed that it's on this summer so they have to be recording it somewhat mm. soon this spring at least was there any other tea 
Um, I don't think so. Just that in Bachelor Nation yeah. right now. That's the only big thing. The biggest thing. The only other thing that we could mention that you brought to my attention is about Sarah, but maybe we'll just bring that up once we get into the yeah. Once we get into the episode. Yes. Um, shall so, we do it? Let's do it. Okay. Um, let's just be honest here. <laughs> I'm going to directly quote uh, Queen Victoria for a second. It's not Sarah's okay. show. But unfortunately, <laughs> this episode was the Sarah show. Um, it literally was all about it Sarah. Was all about Sarah. She took up ninety five percent of this episode, but you know it's okay. But that's that's what we're dealing with. Which here. I didn't realize until after we finished watching it. We only got we didn't we only get one group date and one one on one yesterday. Yes, that's it. That's literally all we got. Like there's almost always three dates so the fact that we only got one one-on-one that wasn't even sarah and another group date that sarah was not on and yet the whole show was about sarah is kind of crazy i was like wait did i like forget one of the one-on-ones like i'm just blanking out but no no no. No. it was quite literally the sarah show um so we start right where we left off last week when it was like to be continued this big dramatic scene people are like oh my god what happened sarah they make it look like she passed out but i've passed out before and she did not pass out okay she did not like pass out and fall on the ground like she got woozy and she just like stepped away she was perfectly capable of like walking and sitting and talking and all of that like she didn't black out by any means so I just thought that was annoying that they were like saying she passed out. And I was like, that is not passing out, but whatever. She walked away. And <laughs> um, you can tell I was like already annoyed, but um, yeah. Yeah. Everyone was annoyed with her because they thought like, is it fake? Is it not fake? Which like strong possibility it's real when you're standing on those risers for like over an hour trying to film that scene and it's been a long night and if you haven't ate or you're drinking or just all the pressures of this show not saying it's like so out of the realm but given a lot of the other things we see from sarah it's understandable to see why the other girls are upset or why they're feeling the way they do like everyone's on edge because they're at a rose ceremony you're obviously just already in jealous mode because you're on the bachelor to, to begin with and then like the slightest thing that someone does of course your mind instantly goes to like was this just a strategic yeah. move i mean naturally when you're on tv you're always just going to be thinking was this for show or was this real like was this played up you're, you're going to be thinking that if you're like a contestant on this show. And we kind of touched on it last week. We were like talking about how Sarah already had a rose. So why would she feel the need to put on this show when she's had her time? She is hot off of a one-on-one date. Like, why would she do this? Like, what would be the reason or the purpose? Like, she should yeah. not be feeling insecure at this point. And so I get that, but also I just want to point out that while Matt is like comforting Sarah 
and having their little side conversation um, on this episode, we kind of get to hear some of the chatter of the girls that are just like waiting for mm-hmm. them to come back. And I can't remember who it was, but one of the girls was like, basically saying, yeah, I had a discussion with Sarah and I told her that like, if you're just not cut out for this, then like, maybe you should go home. Because yeah. So that leads me to believe that prior to this entire situation, Sarah must have been talking about or saying to somebody, if not a group of people, that she didn't feel like she was cut out for this. Yeah. She must have made that known at some point because otherwise, Somebody. yeah, because otherwise they wouldn't be as annoyed if they, if they yeah. didn't know anything, if she hadn't said or expressed anything about how she felt like it was just getting to her. She's overwhelmed. I don't know if this is cut out for me. If they didn't hear any of that and she just like passed out randomly or whatever happened, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is probably just so fake or she wants attention. I'd be, I would genuinely be like, I hope she's okay. But because yeah. she must have already said something, they were probably like in the back of their minds, like, oh my God, <laughs> like this girl, what is she doing? So I just wanted to point that out. I think that there's already some tension building prior to that scene. Yeah. So who knows whether it's real, whether it's fake, but she obviously gets a little bit of time with Matt, just like standing outside, having a little bit of a moment. Then we jump back into the rose ceremony. No need to prolong it. Victoria stays. Uh, Mary Lynn goes home, which don't even you know we're all frustrated we're all like what the hell um did i think mary lynn was the one absolutely not but also it seems like a genuine decent human being and it feels like victoria has thrown out enough red flags at this point that matt would not be picking her had it not been produced at all but neither here nor there we are where we are and victoria's <laughs> here to stay so that wraps up basically last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we jump into the group date, right? That's the next yes. thing that happens. They, they announce everyone that's going to be on the group date. They're like, it's going to be a surprise for everyone. Chris Harrison is like, I specifically curated this date for you guys. He's like so excited about the fact that he, it's this is his grand idea. And then we find out that they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be writing and reciting their own version of like an erotica story and I'm like with what Matt. on earth I literally did not see this coming no. I had no idea well, that this is what they were going to be doing nothing it starts it starts with Ashley I reading this scene and everyone's like, room what's going on like oh my gosh and then she's like this is an excerpt from chris's book and we're all like what like we all knew chris read a wrote a book but how many of us have read it not many and i I don't think any of us i actually did not realize that he had written a book i had no idea he he propped it up like in the back of so he like he propped it up in the back on some of the like greatest of all time shows some of 
like when he was like recording from home, it was in the background and he's posted about it on social media. But again, I've not had the interest level in it to like go purchase it or get a summary of what happens in the book. Now we all know. Now we know. Um, and that was not what we were expecting from Holy Chris. And perhaps, yeah, so perhaps starts with sales that. were really low or something. And he was like, we need to come up with an activity where I can plug my book again because sales are just not to my standards or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Someone called him out and like said something on Twitter of like way to like, like make an obvious pitch of your book or like flex or something. I forget how they worded it. And Chris responded and like quote tweeted and he's like, mm, felt subtle to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. He always comes back. And yeah, so then, you know, the challenge of the date is they have to write these, which just like so uncomfortable. Everyone's like, oh, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe that I'm going to have to write this and then read it out loud to not only Matt, but then also the all, the all the other girls on the date and then all the other girls that are not on the date. So... It is what it is, though. So honestly commend all of the girls that, like, just took it for what it was, which was a joke, and just, like, laughed about it and made the best of the situation. Because what else do you do in that circumstance? But then we have – one, we have some people that took it too far. But then we also have Sarah in the back row who's, like, getting emotional and about to cry. Yeah. I have a couple things I want to say. So – Yes, there were some people who were like, this was not out of their wheelhouse. They were like, you know what? This isn't uncomfortable at all. I live for this. They like, this was their ideal situation. Like, they do yeah, this every I'm day. Like, okay, you're very comfortable in your own skin. Good for you. I would have probably been, if I were on the state, I would have probably been more like Rachel. As annoying as she probably seemed in this episode with her being like, I'm so nervous. Like, oh. I would have been that girl. I would have been like, I am terrified to get up on a stage and read about an intimate sexual moment <laughs> between seemingly people that like this, this whole thing is made up, but like that kind of stuff like does embarrass me and does like, I don't, I would not be comfortable with that. And I would have a hard time probably presenting that. I would have to somehow try to make it funny so that I could at least get through it. Um, which it seems like that's what they did for the most part. They turned it into like yeah. something funny, but yeah. Yeah. No one seems to be taking it too seriously. Even the ones that were like really extreme, like Victoria, like she was even being funny about yeah. it and like saw the humor in it. Yeah. But I, since you touched on Sarah again, um, I did find it a little strange how affected she was. And get, granted, I I understand that she just had a lot of time with Matt. She's feeling the connection. Love is in the air. It's magical. It was perfect. But I don't think that me, if this were me, if I were Sarah, if I were in her shoes and I was listening to these stories, I don't think I would be, like, so jealous or so, like, threatened by these completely imaginary stories. Imaginary. I would not be like, oh my god, they're so much closer now. Like his bond with them is getting so much stronger because of this. I I wouldn't be threatened by that. 
Like, it's not real. This is almost better than if they, like, went on a some other type of group date where they had to, like, wrestle yeah. mad or imagine? do some type of thing where they, like, had to physically actually get closer. They're literally just writing made-up stories. Yeah. Can you imagine if, like, Matt was sitting up on stage? I know this is really left field, but if they had to, like, come out and, like, do a dance for him or something, like, yeah, you know, which like, some kind of, like, or something then I could understand how she would be like, okay, I feel really uncomfortable that they're getting really sexual, like, and touching him. Like, I don't like this. Or that Matt was reciprocating it in any way. Matt was literally just sitting there listening to these stories. Like, yeah, there was nothing inherently wrong or bad about this whole thing. And so I felt like she was being a little dramatic in that moment. Yes. It's just a little too much. And considering, um, Bree is the only other person that's had a one-on-one date with him at this point. She seemed perfectly fine. Like she didn't seem super bothered, but I think Sarah just in her mind was like, we are the pinnacle. We have the best connection out of everyone. How, how on earth can I sit through this like nonsense when we're basically going to get married? I was like, okay, you need, you need to come back down to reality. Yeah, so that day, just strange, but, like, honestly, probably, like, really funny and, like, honestly a fun date at the end of it all because the thing is, like, everyone else that's on the date with you is just as embarrassed as you are or, like, just as afraid to do whatever, and, like, no one's taking it too seriously, so it looks like it turned out, like, well at the end of the day, and then the girls get to go on the night portion of the yeah. date, and this is where we see the real conflict come through. I don't feel like there's much to talk about except for the the moment on yeah. the, the night portion. Yeah, I will just touch on what you said. Like, it seems like overall everyone that went on the date was in, like, good spirits. Like, at the ends, like, there wasn't anyone that ended up saying, like, that was horrible for me or that was awful. Like, they were all really good sports about it. They were, like, even went so far as to say that was really empowering. Um, Katie is our sex-positive ambassador. She's like, I love that you guys are getting out of your comfort zone. I love seeing you break out of your shells. Like, she was, like, a cheerleader for everyone. She was like, yes, let's do it. Let's be confident. Like she was their cheerleader. And I was like, okay, they're having like a female empowerment moment here. And as they're rolling into the night portion and then, yeah, then the moment happens where Katie is having her time with Matt and uh, we have an unexpected visitor. Who is it? None other than Sarah. (laughs) So Sarah comes to talk to Matt She essentially just wants to tell him that she's been feeling insecure. She's not sure if this is for her. You know, nothing definitive, but just like, you know, they had this great connection last week and now she feels, you know, insecure watching him go on this group date and these girls say all these things and what is she supposed to do now? And Katie, she's like, this has just been really hard for me. She kept saying that. Yeah, so Katie busts in, and she's like, um, can I have my time back? <laughs> and Sarah's, like, really awkward, and so is Matt. No one says anything, and Sarah eventually is like, I'll bring him to you in five minutes. And Katie's like, how about two? <laughs> and she's like, um, sure. 
And then Sarah goes back to talk right next to them. Then (laughs) Katie, yeah, she's like like in the corner waiting. And Matt's like, yeah. So like, just what I told you to do, just like focus on the good times and just like, think about that and know that it'll be okay. Repeating the same thing over and over to her. And Katie comes back again and she's like, okay, I'm back. (laughs) And, um, Sarah's like, well, can you at least walk me out? So then she makes, or she has Matt walk her out. And then Matt eventually comes back to Katie, which that's not really the point of the story here. The point is the Sarah drama. So one, one thing's abundantly clear already here, which we'll see more of in this episode that Matt's priority level and attention level for Sarah is so much higher than the other girls in the house, because the fact that he didn't like speak up or say anything when Katie came over with the whole, like, can I jump back in? And Sarah didn't really say anything and got awkward. It wasn't like Matt was there as the facilitator to say, like, actually, we're finishing right up and then I'll get back to you. Or like, yeah, like, Sarah, let me walk you out or whatever. There wasn't that moment. Like, he didn't really, like, say anything to Katie to comfort her or to, like, be the middleman. It was, like, clear he was having a moment with Sarah. We know that he's capable of this, though, because he has made promises too mm-hmm. many other people already thus far he has been like whatever you need i will i will come to your room every day if if that's what it takes for you to feel like um comfortable you're if you're yeah. for you to feel comfortable here or like for you to know that i want you to be here i will i will tug on my ear so that you know I'm thinking <laughs> exactly so he, he's making he it very clear these, he's made these claims yeah and it's it's just it's clear who his picks are and that he's willing to do more for Sarah than he has the other girls, even if she's not all the way there. And we see this time and time again on The Bachelor and in real life that these men chase after these girls that just, like, don't want them or are not emotionally available. And they're like, wait, but no, a.k.a. Peter and Victoria, example A. And, um, like, Cassie and Colton. Yeah, just, like, these people that are, like, these girls that are, like, uh, no. And then the guys, like, cannot stop. I know. And Victoria on Peter's season, she she threatened to leave, like, six or seven times. And he was just, like, no, don't leave. And we're all, like, like, let her go. I know. As as an audience or, you know, a fan of the show, every single time I'm, like, I dare someone – to just be like, okay, I want someone that when <laughs> one of the girls or guys, but in this case, it's mostly been girls that have been like, I just don't think this is for me. Like, I just can't handle it. I think I'm going to go home. Yeah. I want the guy to just be like, okay, you know what? Uh, if that's what's best for you, then okay. And then to just carry on about their business because – what these women want is for someone to be like, no, don't. Yeah. I mean, that's that's always the underlying Motive. like security there is like someone just wants to feel wanted and needed because they are insecure or they feel like they've been swept under the rug and they're like, I need someone to come back and fight for me. Yeah. So we've seen it before and Victoria has a little moment. Well, Victoria and Katie both have a little moment with uh, Sarah on the parking lot 
Victoria feigns like she's worried about Victoria or Victoria feigns that she's worried about Sarah. Like, are you okay? Is your health okay? Um, at first, but we know she's just out there digging for tea. Uh, and then Katie comes in and kind of calls her out and is like, you're disrespecting everyone by taking up time. Then of course, she says something, she says something really important though. Like I think, and it was really mature of Katie. I, she says to Sarah, she's like, so like, what was the reason that you came? And Sarah can't really give a clear answer. Like she couldn't give a clear answer to the group. Mm -hmm. She tried to like apologize. And she was like, I can't really say, but like, it's just like between me and I, like she doesn't say anything. And so (laughs) Katie then, you know, in their parking lot conversation is like, so is long story short, are you, are you insecure about something? Like, are you feeling insecure? Is that the short story here? And she was like, I mean, um, kind of like Sarah can't really like answer very well. She's like not in a good state. And (laughs) Katie is like, okay, well then I encourage you to like really think about this. Um, and figure it out really hard and fast so that we can all move on (laughs) like she's very just like look here's what you need to do you need to go think about what you've done and turn this around and try not to affect everyone else's time because it's yeah so that's kind of like the note that we leave the group date on the girls are upset because several of them did not get time with matt to be able to talk um, that always feels like, okay, how much time did Sarah take up? Like, like, was she there for an hour? And like, if she didn't come, would one of you have gotten time or would have all three, you know, but I know it's hard to say. And do and the producers jump in after Sarah leaves and say, okay, cocktail hours over to like egg, egg on the girls that didn't get time. I think that's kind of what happened just because I don't think Matt expected for it to just like be over when Sarah left. Um, Because when he comes back in, it seems like only like two out of all of those women really got to talk to him. At least that's all. And on a normal group date, they all get time. Exactly. And he gives his group date rose to uh, Rachel And then he's like, "Um, all right, well, hope y'all have a good night. Like, he's very awkward. And I have a feeling that, like, someone had to tell him, like, all right, we're wrapping this up. So you need to go in there and, you know, finish it out. I I think that was, like, sprung on him, too. Like, I don't think he made the decision for it to be over. And I don't think they ran out of time. Yeah. I just think whoever was like. Like, they film into the night. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. They had the time, like they had an extra 20 minutes to give each girl five or six minutes, but they were like, no, we got to go to bed. I think Sorry. that's what they did. I think they were like, we're going to leave it on this note so that people can just stir and stew in their anger. <laughs> yeah. And you know, rightfully so. Um, that's, that's how the show's made baby. Um, so <laughs> We, we carry over all of this anger to the next day. I really don't want to touch on this too much because we're already running a little bit long on the pod today. But um, he comes to pick up Serena for uh, their one-on-one. And he immediately like says something like he's going to talk about the situation with Sarah last night. And then he's like, wait, where's Sarah? Where is she? And 
they're like she's upstairs in her room because she doesn't like come down to group things they're like and he's a child she's pouting in her room and he's like oh hold on and like just bust right right up and right out of the living room to go find her just leaving them all there and then of course well first of all let's talk about the transition the transition from the scene of him being downstairs like and then within seconds we just see matt is on top of sarah on a bed and like we didn't we like missed the like walk up the steps the hi hello how are you at the door and like they're just suddenly plopped on the bed together i'm like whoa hold on how did we get here (laughs) but we're there and then they like get up from doing that (laughs) and they sit on a couch and again sarah just says all the things she's pretty much already said so there's no need to rehash much like i'm considering she's like i'm i'm considering leaving it's just getting so hard he's like that would be a tragedy i don't want that to happen and she's like oh she's just kind of like huffing and puffing and he's like let's like well i can come to your room every day if that's what you need i'm like that's not how the show works you don't get to no um the producers are not going to allow you to come to someone's room every day because it's going to be real obvious who you're picking well in my mind i'm like you can't make these kind of promises you just can't you can't i'm like who's gonna let you do that um i know you ain't never been here before but this is not how it works these are not the house rules (laughs) like we can spend a little bit but not that much. Exactly. <laughs> but then he goes he goes back down and he has to poor Serena has to just be like Oh, um, I'd be so pissed. She has to just like pretend like that didn't affect her and be like, Okay, um, I'm ready to go on a date now after you literally just made out with another girl upstairs. <laughs> I know. I would have I told you I was like, I I just wish she would have been like, No, you know what? Actually I'm good. Um you know, if you're really worried about Sarah, then you can take Sarah on the date um, or someone else here. I'm like, whenever in Bachelor history has someone turned down a one-on-one or a date to be like, no, you know what? Actually, I don't approve of your behavior right now, and um, I'll be declining. See you next week. <laughs> can you imagine? The power. The power move there. Like, who would you just, like, get sent home instantly because you are, you know – um revolting or would it be like oh wow she actually is legit and she's not gonna like just go along with whatever and i get that matt was just trying to like be comforting and empathetic and this and that but like when you're the other girl i'm sorry that's not what you want to hear or see before you go on a date Mm. in his defense like i don't think he wasn't trying to hurt anyone i think no he's he's not guy all all around I think no matter who it was, like, he probably would have comforted whoever it was. Like, if Victoria, I hate to say it, but if Victoria was upstairs crying and all the other girls were downstairs and he comes walking in and he's like, oh, who are we missing? Oh, Victoria's not here? And they're like, yeah, she's upstairs. He probably would have been like, he probably would not have just been like, oh, okay, well, let's go. Anyway, he would have probably done the same thing. But it's just the fact that you know, it affects everyone else and it seems like favoritism. Yeah. Which I mean, all is fair in love and war, but anyway, 
All we really need to say about Matt and Serena's date is that it goes well. They see some donkeys. They ride some horses. It's really boring. It's so boring. Yeah, it's Matt, it's boring, but it's good. Really like, likes, not much to comment on. <laughs> Matt really likes turtles, and that's it. Because turtle swim trunks. That's the end of that story. Moving on next. Um, Can I say one thing, too? Before um, they go on their date, Some one of the comments – from victoria was can you tell matt that sarah sucks <laughs> i'm like just, we all dislike victoria but then suddenly this episode we're like okay but she's kind of funny though <laughs> like a little like, bit like we know it's wrong exactly. we know what she's saying is wrong and like we don't actually agree with her or want to be her friend but we're like kind of do for a second like, i would never say that out loud but I would think it. You would laugh would if you were in the was, room. I would laugh. I would laugh if I were sitting there on that couch and all those girls were laughing. Like, because Sarah's clearly not around. And she yeah. goes, can you just tell Matt that Sarah sucks? Like, haha. Like, everyone just laughs. And I'm like, okay, clearly people kind of like her a little bit. They're like, yeah. she's funny. We can keep her around for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're, see- we're definitely starting to see that there are some people that are friends with Victoria in the house or that, like, see her funny side. Um, and then of course, Sarah comes down after Serena and Matt have left and she like wants to apologize and the girls just like come for her and for her hard. Uh, I'm like, like, I'm sorry. Like you guys know me, you know how I am. And Victoria literally goes, (laughs) Victoria goes, literally no one knows you. I know. I think think Kit jumps in there too. Like Kit jumps in the conversation. Yeah, she does. And a few other people, they're just like making jabs of like, no, it's not okay. And you can't apologize to us and we're still not happy about it. And go back to your room. (laughs) Um, So she kind of gets attacked and goes back upstairs, cries. She's all upset. And then Katie comes in and has like the shining moment, steals the show really for last night. And this is basically when um, Katie re- finds out and realizes that Sarah's dad has ALS and that, you know, he could die at any time is the way that Sarah makes it sound, um, which I think we all just probably assumed that at least some of the other girls knew that about her. But the way that it's revealed in this moment makes it seem like nobody else in the house knew that. So then it's kind of like, oh, they're not necessarily seeing the full picture here. Like, do I yeah. 100% of Sarah's actions are motivated by the dad situation? 100% of her insecurities and all the things? No. But, like, it is hard to say what any of us would do in that situation because I can't imagine being on a TV show away from home when you know your parent, as Sarah says – could die in a matter of weeks is the way that she phrases it. So that's crazy to me. Like, I just don't know that I could do that and be away. Um, and I'm not saying that as like a judge her. I'm just saying like, I don't know how I could do that. So maybe that is contributing more than we really, you know, take into account because they do definitely show the way that they tell the story in this episode is very much through the lens of the other girls and through the lens of like Sarah keeps coming back in for time and Sarah's insecure. But what we don't know is she could be saying 
in her conversations with Matt and then also in her, you know, um, off camera or to the side interviews, she could be talking more about like, I'm just really thinking about my dad and then wondering like, okay, do I even have a shot if there's all these other girls here and am I just like wasting my time? But they could be cutting that out to kind of play the narrative of like, okay, see it from the other girl's perspective and then do the 180 on us <laughs> with this conversation. And now we all feel like shit for making fun of Sarah. Yes, there's two sides. I, I, I feel like we can see all the sides in this episode. Like we see that the girls are upset. We see that they're angry. And like, do they from take their a little perspective, bit too far? It's understandable why they would be, but yeah, they take it too far. Yes, they take it a little bit too far because no matter what, if you even if you don't know someone's circumstances, there's no reason for you to say if you stay, we're going to make this place a living hell for you. <laughs> yeah. I want to see your face. I don't want to hear your name. Like that is too much. Yeah. Like that is actually like bullying. And I hate using that, like, because people throw around the term bullying, like all the time, yeah. but I really do feel like they took it a little too far. Um, but also playing devil's advocate and like understanding Sarah's story, um, do I think that Sarah could have done better? Yes. I think Sarah could have done better. I think she could have said, hey, girls, I'm really sorry that I'm taking a lot of your time. I don't mean it in a mean way, yeah. but I'm going through some family stuff right now, and I'm having a hard time figuring out if this is good for me or not because X, Y, and Z. But she couldn't say any of that. Mm -hmm. And so the girls, meanwhile, are just like, why don't you just say – that you want attention. Like if you just say you want attention, then maybe we'll understand, but she can't give them any reason to understand her. So it just fuels the fire. And I just feel like Sarah could have done it a little bit differently. And I think she could have waited until their entire group date was over and then snuck out to go see him. Yeah, You know what I mean? She could have waited until all the girls came back home and then be like, okay, now's my time. I need to go talk to Matt about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? But she didn't. And you have and to think, too, she has to understand, like, I, there's going to be people that probably say, like, well, the producers had her go at this time, or the producers, this, that. She, of all people, is a news anchor. She should know the producer angle, you know what I mean? And be used to kind of being used in certain ways, so to speak, on TV or for a storyline that you would think she could see through something that blatant from a producer to be like, no, actually I don't want to go interrupt the group date night right now. I'm going to wait till the girls get back and then can I go see him or whatever. I would hope that she would respect the process, but it doesn't seem like she even thought about those things and maybe she did and she just didn't care. Like, I don't really know, but I do think that there's some underlying like selfishness there on her end. Yeah. Like that's, my side of it I think yes I feel bad for her yes I think the girls took it a little too far but I think Sarah could have done better yeah she could have approached it differently and I think that's that's basically my thoughts on that yeah and basically we we end the episode with all of the things we've been saying and talking about Sarah the whole time, she reiterates to Matt once again and says that she is going home, that she feels like she needs to be with her family, and he is very understanding but keeps telling her how he's going to miss her every day and, you know, 
I think essentially alluding to like, if you come running back, like I'll still be here. Um, kind of. Vibe. Yeah. It, it very much seemed that way. I, I remember like I texted you and I was like, Oh my gosh, do you think she's going to come back? And I feel like she is. But here's, here's, here's the thing. I feel like it wouldn't look that great on her part to come back because if her reason for leaving is because she wants to spend time with her declining father, why would she leave, go spend time with her father and then be like, oh, well, I think I might have fallen in love and I really messed it up and now I'm going to leave my dad again and go back. Like that doesn't really make sense in my mind. So maybe she doesn't come back, but there for a second, it really had me thinking that she might come back because I mean, she, she it's really unclear. She may. And I honestly have not looked into her enough outside of the show. I don't know if her father is still living or not. Um, I don't either. Yeah, I I do not know that. Um, Can we talk about the other thing about Sarah that we know? Yeah. So the one other side thing is that it has been recently le- leaked <laughs> um, that Sarah has been linked to G Easy. That apparently they dated, if only briefly, um, last year, last spring. Which, really random. Like, I did not see that coming when you sent me that. I was like, what? G-Eazy. And then I was like, well, we know from his experience with Halsey how public that was and how toxic that seemed to be. That, like, maybe Sarah is used to this kind of, like, toxic love-hate, push-and-pull kind of relationship. So... Yeah. maybe this is like what she's used to and this is just kind of what she projects onto her relationships like I don't know this is me just trying to rationalize the whole thing but just knowing that Sarah has potential ties to GEZ is like <laughs> a red flag yeah like I know that should reflect more on him than it does on her you know like his behavior so I'm not trying to like project all of that onto her as the woman in this yeah. but I'm also like the fact alone that like also, if you dated him last spring, like we all already knew last spring where G-Eazy's been and what he's done. So it's not like she dated him like five years ago before we all found out all the things, you know? So that yeah. and also it makes me wonder too, like, okay, is it is it more of a publicity thing for her? Because, you know, I talked – is she just trying to be famous? Because she's already, you know, a news reporter. So she's already kind of in that line of work um, or used to being in, you know, the public eye. Then she obviously goes on the show. Well, what, what she dates, she started modeling. She, she dates G-Eazy, number one. That could be like, maybe she doesn't like G-Eazy and she just did it as a publicity thing. Then she goes on this show, but then like immediately sends herself home, ca- causes a lot of drama around herself. She also recently got signed to a modeling agency towards the end of 2020, I believe. She also started a podcast, I think, again, don't quote me on any of this, um, soon before um, going on the show. So it felt it felt very much or it, it looks like and this could just be the optics of it that she was getting her ducks in a row before she went on the show of like she's already got the podcast started. She's already got the modeling agency set up so that way when she goes on and she kind of blows up, 
people are already going to run to listen to her podcast to see what she's got to say. People already know how to book her. And, and book her for brand deals. Exactly. So <laughs> that could all just be coincidence because, you know, beautiful people that are in these types of jobs are typically the people that they recruit and pick to be on this show. So that could just be correlation does not equal causation right here, but it could be. So don't judge a book by its cover. There's more going on behind the scenes than you know, but always keep a watchful eye. And I think <laughs> Abigail is a golden soul. And I think we need to refocus our gaze back toward her. Yes. More Abigail. Less Sarah. And honestly, more, more literally. <laughs> because we've literally only seen like Sarah, <laughs> Abigail and Queen Victoria. Like pieces of other people, but very minimal. Besides the people he's went on dates with, and maybe like two other people, I need to see more of everyone. Else. Yeah. So next week, I think, is when we get some new ladies. So that'll we be don't need that. Like again, we need to meet the people that we're here <laughs> with now. So not honestly looking forward to that. But another week ahead, you know, we'll be right here covering it all. Spilling all the tea, giving our commentary on all the juice. And until next time, go check your astrology, cartography, map, whatever it's called. Um, if you do check it out, astrocartography, <laughs> uh, look, or if you, if you do check it out, give us a comment or a DM or something and let us know what you find because that would be interesting to know. Um, I know a few of our listeners were asking about like what her YouTube was after our last episode and I sent it to them. So I'm curious what everyone's predictions are for 2021, but yes. until next time, keep it classic gabbers. Okay. Bye. All right. Hello. We're back and I have some things I want to share with you. <clears throat> You came with a lot today. Yeah, I kind of came with a lot. I've been I've been unpacking a lot of things in the last since last time we recorded. So you're sound like, I don't, sound like we like we went through something last episode. I've been unpacking a lot, been doing a lot of personal work. <laughs> I went to therapy. I've been, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of um reflection lately about my life. About... I'm like, I didn't think it was that impactful, but okay. No, no, it really is. Listen up. Listen up. Okay. So Mackenzie introduced me to the like TikTok and YouTube sensation. Um, this like astrology girl. Her name's Marin Altman, for anyone who was curious. Uh, we we kind of talked about her last week, but I hadn't really like watched her youtube videos and so i was like all right i'm gonna check her out and literally whenever we stopped recording last week i looked her up and i watched my video which maybe we should start with this little disclaimer Mackenzie has a little um <laughs> explaining to do because i think she watched the wrong video which is it was for me. my intuition said this one's yours and <laughs> it was right never wrong and I believe my I chose that one for myself so 
long story short, um, the video that I watched is for Virgo risings, which is not the same as your like typical sign that most people like your identify. Sign. Yeah. yeah, your sun sign. And so my sun sign is a Virgo, but my rising sign is Scorpio. So I was really excited about my <laughs> rising Virgo <laughs> outlook. It was great for 2021. I was like, you're going to do all these amazing things that I like already forgot about because I erased them all from my brain. But I remember it was like end of the year, fall in love, amazing things happening to you. And I was like, I'm going on The Bachelor at the end of 2021. Like, it also said amazing. travel. It's a tra- it said so many things. So um, <laughs> you can imagine my disappointment when I watched the 2021 20, video for Scorpio Rising and it said your focus of the year, your two like themes or whatever, I forget, you know, the exact terminology is yeah. family and home. And I was like, are you kidding me? Um, this is literally all I've been focusing on for a whole year. So I'm, we're done with that. I actually already checked that one off. Um, can we move on to the next part of this <laughs> little journey? Um, just the whole past year of my life has been fairly family focused or all the big events in my life, like in the past like year-ish have been family related aside from like moving here for my job, which, you know, was obviously like a more personal thing and career-based thing, which was good. But besides that, pretty much focused on family and then like lived at home with my mom for like four months during the pandemic, which was great. You know, all these things were great for 2020, but I was like, we're going to go into 2021 career, love, success, travel, all the things like that's what I was ready for. And then they were like, "Mm, nope, we think like you should just like, um, focus on, family, like maybe having a kid was in the, I'm like, no, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> it was like, not maybe I was like, I just finished decorating um, this apartment. Thank you very much. And I'm done. <laughs> and I mean, the, the only bright side to the Scorpio rising one was like the possibility of um, owning property or land, which like not opposed to that, if that brings me um, some cash money, but mm, I think my intuition chose the right video and I'm claiming that for myself. And that is fine. You know what? This whole, <laughs> this whole thing, basically the underlying message is just like, believe what you want to believe. Okay. Like I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be an advocate for like astrology. I'm not trying to be like, horoscopes. you have to believe it. Yeah. I'm not like horoscopes are the only way to live. Like you must not believe anything else. Obviously that's not true, but it is like fun and interesting to read and like, to find some kind of connection to it. So like you found a connection to your first one and you can hold on to that. And that is which too, like anytime that you're reading from from only one of your signs, like only from your sun sign or rising sign or whatever, there's also your houses. There's so much like the most accurate is if like someone from what I know is if someone can read your full natal or birth chart. So like, That might be true for most Scorpio risings, but me, but me, I'm special. You're I'm unique. You're special. Because I've got other things going on in my chart that other people might not have going on. And so mine could be different. So you have to like take yeah. anytime, like you get a general reading like that, you have to know it's like less accurate than if right. it's more specific to you. Yeah. But yours was pretty good. 
Okay, so mine. So, so your text like, um, I just want to let you know yours is an entire lie. Here's mine. It's really good. <laughs> well, I was basically just like, um, abort, abort. I think you <laughs> might have watched the wrong one. I'm so sorry to break your heart because yours was really fantastic. But anyways, mine. So I'm a I'm a Gemini, but I'm a Capricorn rising. And so I watched the like 2021 Capricorn rising projection video and basically the whole entire video was just like money 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 like you're going to you're going to figure out how to you're going to give me money to buy land <laughs> maybe maybe we're going to buy land together like a chip and joanna situation yeah With and maybe we'll start decorating the hgtv show that's the decorating that you're going to do you're going to start flipping houses on the side i would love to honestly i just don't have that cash money <laughs> Uh well I'll have the money you do <laughs> you do the other part um because basically it was like, and get to work I'm gonna start and learning how to manage my money whether it be like investments or whatever like I'm just gonna really hone in on that and like I'm gonna thrive financially this year and I was like great because just like last week or so before I watched this video. Um, I had just mentioned to you and to our friend Angela on Marco Polo um, that this year I really wanted to like learn more about like money stuff. And I even told her that like before 2020 was over, like we caught up separately on like a FaceTime mm -hmm. and I was like, like this year I really want to yeah, like get my money right and like actually learn how to do things because I feel like really – like apprentice at money stuff like i just i'm not i mean we've already talked about the fact that sierra just recently yeah got on like i'm online just not banking, so. the, the, I'm, not, are aware. I'm not like bad with my money like i don't just like spend my money on stupid yeah. things like if i don't have the money to buy something i don't buy it but i would like to learn how to like capitalize do more do more. earn more do all the things and so basically this made me realize that okay my goals are achievable and could possibly happen for me and so then I get on TikTok and I start seeing all these financial videos that just keep on popping up and they're like here's how you start a Roth ROI here's how you start a blah 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 I was like wow the universe is speaking to me so um it call it a coincidence if you want but it seemed like a real thing we yes um it is a roth ira um we're, we're starting the education now the roi is the return on investment and the ira is the account so there we go step one but it's confusing when you first get started and i know like when i first got into like my job and investing and all of the things like it's like, what the heck is all of this? Because they don't teach you this stuff in school. But I feel like there is – there's so much – I mean, we had Jessica Morehouse on the podcast, and she was, like, great. She's awesome. She's a good resource out there. But there's also so many other, like, influencers, but really, like, more, like, creators that put educational content out there now to, like, appeal to the younger generation, um, which makes it so much easier to digest. And, like, that – like, unless you, like, sought out that information before – it's just like people yeah. don't know it. And it's you know? nice to so. see it visually rather than just like reading about it. At least for me personally, 
I like to see things broken down rather than just like read about it. When I read about things, it's harder for me to retain it. I'd probably have to read it like four or five times before I really understood it. And so to see someone like write it out on a piece of paper, like here's what this is, draw an arrow. This is what you would use this for. And this is what kind of money you would put in there. And then over time, this is what will happen. And like, here are the benefits of it. Here are the downfalls of it. Here are some places you can go to start one. Blah, blah, blah. Like all of that was like so much more helpful in like a one minute video than I've ever witnessed. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I'm, Sierra's my mind, mind is, is being blown. blown. I'm about to blow up financially and I'm excited about it. She's got all the IRA. I, all the IRAs, all the ROIs, all CD the stocks and bonds, all the do, LOL, all, all the LOLs and the JKs. I'm just, they're all coming. <laughs> they're all coming her way. Um, big money for Sierra in 2021 to fund my yes. investments on property, <laughs> property investment. Sorry that I'm like overtaking the beginning of this podcast already, but I have another thing too. So you're like, I have, I have other, other I have things other I'm things doing. I'm okay. Doing, okay. Oh. There's a lot going on for me. And um, it all stemmed oh. from this girl. And so, of course, when I saw that video, I was like, great, I'm going to be thriving. It's going to be amazing. And so then I wanted to watch another video and I stumbled across one um, that was about astro cartography. And I was like, what the heck is this? So I watched it. And the whole time, I'm just like, I need to do this like right now. Like, I need to do this right now. Um, so I yeah. did, and I shared this with Mackenzie, like, I don't even know, one day last week, it's like, you need to look this yeah. up, like, right now. <laughs> you were like, how do I do this? Where do I go? Yeah. Because basically, astrocartography, like, takes your birthday into account, like, your birth city and what time, yeah, basically, like your, your name chart. just takes all of that information. All you need to know, though, if you want to look this up yourself, is... Um, the city you were born in, what time you were born, hopefully down to like the minute, if you know that. And then um, that's basically it. And yeah, your birthday. Your birthday, obviously. (laughs) Hopefully. hopefully. Uh, And then it will project all of these lines across an entire map, which you can either look at just the US or just Europe or whatever country you're in, or you can see the entire globe map. Um, with all these lines on it. And at first I was like, what the heck does all of this mean? It's rare. It's, it's overwhelming. If you look at the whole globe, there's, there's like red, purple, everywhere. Green, black, blue, orange, like lines <laughs> squiggled like all across. And, but if you like zoom in, you yeah. can kind of start to click on things and like learn about what they mean. And so there's all these different ones. I took notes. Okay. I really took notes. I'm not going to like deep dive on here, but some of the ones to mention, okay, just to give the people who are listening, like a little touch of what we're talking about. So like one of them is like your sun line. And so that line is supposed to say, you know, any kind of cities that or areas that are on or around this line on the map is kind of where you will Mm -hmm. find your passion um, you'll kind of do maybe do some soul searching on this line. Um, your Venus line is most likely where you will find love and romance or like your soulmate. Um, there is like a 
like your Pluto line. Um, that's when you'll probably run into like some deep like shadow work and like healing. Um, there's even like a North node. That's one where you'll probably find like your purpose or your destiny. If you're like not sure what your purpose is in life, then like basically it's like maybe you should visit these places and maybe you'll just like happen upon it. So there's so many more, you guys. And I was just like so excited about this. Again, take it all with a grain of salt, but it was like really cool to just look at. So I sent a screenshot to Mackenzie and I was like, um, no, 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 no. Let me back it up. Mackenzie sends me a TikTok and is like, let's move to New York. LOL. <laughs> of these girls. It was, it was like one of those videos. It was like, this is your sign to for you and your best friend to like move to New York right now. Like, what are you doing? Why? Like, why don't you live there? And it was like all these clips from Sex in the City. And I was like, literally, why are we not doing this right now? Um, and you sent that perfect. to me. And I was like in the middle of looking up all of my astral cartography lines. And so I zoom in on like New York City. And what do you know? Right through the middle of New York City is my Venus line, which is supposedly where I'm going to find my soulmate. And I was like, all right, I'm packing my bags. I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> and so basically, since I've discovered this entire thing, I have decided that I need to move to New York. I've already looked at apartments. I've already looked at jobs. Um, and reading the um, <laughs> reading the description, I pulled it up. It says, um, like, basically, I will feel at home. I'll feel at peace. I will find the love of my life, basically. I will not have a hard time, like, finding a place to live in this area because I'm going to be surrounded by all things love and joy and happiness. And I was like, okay, sign me up. So I've been looking at places to live and places to work in and around New York City. So, well, yeah, let's tell the people the other half of the story. So Sierra's like, um, yeah, so my line uh, runs directly through New York City. I also have a line like pretty close to Los Angeles. Um, and I'm like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> let me look up mine. Um, you want to know? So I'm like, I'm like zooming in on New York to see like how close I got to New York. I'm running straight, straight down the middle through Scranton, <laughs> Scranton office. Here I come. Pam Beasley, I'm ready for it. Um, so that's my destiny. Um, but no, actually that line is not my Venus line. So Scranton is not like the greatest place for me. Um, but the funny part is like two of my lines, my, I have mine pulled up my, I don't know how to say this at all. Chiron, Chiron. Chiron. my Chiron, my Chiron line and my, wait, I clicked on the wrong one. And my sun line are directly like sandwiched on the outside of pretty much everywhere I've already lived like it's on like the the pointy tip of Kentucky and then like this like just outside of Cincinnati and like the thicker side of Kentucky going like straight up so I'm pretty close to the 
Sunline and it has a lot of really positive things and that's where I'm living like currently like I'm within like a close distance to that line and then like all the other places I've lived have been somewhere in between the two and it it had like positive things to say about both spaces so I was like apparently like I'm already where I need to be like I'm thriving right here in Cincinnati Ohio and so Sierra looks <laughs> like goes to hers and like zooms in on Kentucky there Zero. are like no lines like Nowhere, not even in the south, not, not even, even the, in like, like the Midwest. Basically the entire like, lower right quadrant of the United States. I have zero lines. So basically all the places I've ever lived in my life, which would be either Tennessee or Kentucky, is not good for me. Um, I have my life, life is alive. alive. I apparently don't belong here. So I'm like... Your horoscope literally said, yeah, pack your bags. It was like, um, what are you doing? Like, all of your lines are elsewhere. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign. Like, because I even talked to my mom about this later. I was like telling her about the whole thing, the whole experience. I, I was move. like, so, hey, mom, um, basically, I just need to move just so you know, like, maybe I'll find love and maybe I'll find my purpose. You know, it's fine. It's casual. And she was like, I support you 100%. Like, do whatever you want to do. I'll always be there for you. Like, the great mom that she is. And I was like, but that's terrifying. And she was like, yeah, but I feel like she kind of told me that she didn't really think that either of us really had roots here or in Tennessee either. And I'm like, you're right. Like, I've never really felt like I have to stay here. I love it so much. So I'm like, okay. Here's my sign to move, I guess. Um, I just think that's interesting because some people like really feel led or feel drawn to certain places, even if they've never been there before, or maybe if they've only been there like one time, like either on a vacation or on a trip or whatever. And they're like, I love this place so much. I can see myself like living here or I can see myself whatever X, Y, Z here. I've never like had that experience yeah. anywhere. And so it was kind of exciting for me feeling like, you know, neither here nor there about where I currently live to then see all these other possibilities of places that could potentially bring me success or happiness. I was like, I really like this idea of changing it up because currently yeah. right now I'm not unhappy, but it could be better. It could be so much better. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, see, I'm the person that always wanted to move to New York my whole life. And my chart said, no, um, you're not. And I was like, first of all, that's rude. That's disrespectful. Um, Sierra didn't even want to move to you. And I've been chasing this my whole life. And you're going to say no? You're going to reject me like that? Um, it's fine because my Saturn line is in between essentially Las Vegas and Phoenix. So south of Las Vegas, but north of Phoenix, like going at a diagonal. So it also kind of like runs up and through. Did you say Saturn? Um, not okay, Saturn. Okay, I was say Saturn is bad. Fine. You want to avoid Saturn. <laughs> uh, Venus, and it goes like just past um, Salt Lake City and then like up into Wyoming and places I'm never going <laughs> to But um, – for Arizona and I mean also like the very very bottom of California top of Mexico but also don't know that I'll be there um it says that that's like my you know hot spot where I become very luxurious out there. <laughs> luxurious she's gonna be it, like the reading is just all about like you will become 
Um, let's see if I can pull it up. I've clicked on the wrong one. Uh, art and aesthetic luxury become a part of your life, surrounding you with pleasant comfort. Your sense of beauty, comfort, and pleasure is highly developed, and there is a need for you to share these with others. You won't remain alone long here. It's easy for you to make uh, contact, new friends appear on the scene. You are flirtatious, and you feel, quote, in love. <laughs> and then there's just, like, a bunch more stuff about being, like, really luxurious, glamorous, creative. Um, yeah, economy and finance are under positive influence. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But I'm like, um, okay. Never thought about moving to Arizona before. <laughs> My mom's from. She was born really? in Arizona. Fun fact. But. And I went there once, and it was my least favorite vacation ever because I got a splinter. Okay, that's so random. <laughs> because I was eight, though. So it's like, really when you're eight it. and you get a splinter on a vacation, you're like, this. Place, you're like, this place is the worst. Why would you bring me here? They have splinters in this place. <laughs> And I like it's hard to overcome that um, in my heart. Um, so yeah, like if my horoscope is saying I'm going to thrive there, why did it give me a splinter while I was there? Number one, and then two, I was actually supposed to maybe possibly go to Arizona. That well, I guess last year, last year, 2020, for a conference for work. Um, it's in a different city every year, and it was in Phoenix last year. And I was going to maybe go. And then it got canceled because of COVID. So this the stars are not ready for me They're to not make ready it to for Arizona your yet. Lifestyle just yet. I've still got work to do in the Cincinnati soon. area. Um. Exactly, <laughs> they ain't ready for it. But all of this, like, also inspired me to put on my Instagram story for people to tell me where they think that I would thrive. And uh, I just put that little thing out there. I was like, hey, just like humor me. Where do you like what city do you like picture me living in? And so I'm just going to tell you what some of the responses are besides Mackenzie's because she's stupid and she put Scranton. And I'm like, no. She's rude. (laughs) You don't want to move to Scranton with me. not my destiny. Selfish. Um, I got Selfish. a lot of Nashville, like a lot of Nashville or just like Tennessee in general, but like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different Nashvilles. So that was like overwhelming, but clearly my chart says absolutely not nothing in the Southern United States, like get out. So I'm like, all right. Um, I also got a Charleston or an Austin. So that's interesting. I don't um, see I've never really like spent time in either of those places, so that's interesting. I haven't either. I just don't see a Charleston. I I can kind of see Austin, but I don't see you making that choice. To, like I yeah. think it would be fine in Austin. I don't see a conflict there. You don't strike my, me as an Austin. When I was telling my either. mom this whole story, she like um, went to Austin once for an interview, and she really loved it there. Like she thought it was really cool. So maybe my mom yeah. will move to Austin randomly, and I'll move to New York. Like, I really like Austin. I could see me okay. more in Austin than you. Mm-hmm. I just don't get that vibe as much. I see you, like, more – I don't know. I got – I don't know. I got I see more Chicago. I got a Boston, which I've never been to Boston. And I was like, interesting. Um, the most outlandish one was Portugal. I was like, Portugal? Whoa. Never been to Portugal. 
I don't either. I don't even know what it's like there. Um, of course, I got to San Diego, but that's from Angela, and she lives there. So she was, of course, trying to be cheeky and was like, move to San Diego. And then I got two New York cities. So at least two people in the world think that that's where I belong. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that as a sign. Two out of, like, 15 responses were, like, New York. And I'm just like, Yes. See, I can see New York too, but didn't you say on, was it on our last episode or maybe it was just a conversation we had offhand that you were more, I think maybe it was when we were talking to Kayla and we were talking, and I don't know if this made the episode since some of our audio got cut, but we were talking about how I've always, um, I don't know if I'm ready to uh, like load up the moving truck to New York. So we're gonna have to hire some movers for that one. I'll come for the sex in the city moment, but like the drive part, count it's me okay. Out. Clearly, <laughs> count me clearly, out. I'm gonna have the finances in check. Like I can buy from movers. It's You're okay. already gonna be flowing in the money, and so you don't. Need I'm gonna me. need the money because um, to live in New York it costs a literal arm and a leg. So yeah, I'm like, um, I saw a girl the other day on TikTok who was like so excited because she found like uh, an apartment that was like extremely reduced to rent because of COVID. And there's like so many vacancies right now. And she was like thrilled because she found a place where she would have two roommates for a thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, absolutely not. I love living alone. I'm not about the roommate life. It's for some people. It is not for me, especially at the age that I'm at. And a thousand dollars for one room. No, that's how I feel. No, ma'am. I was looking no, at ma'am. them and it was like, $1,000 to live in a three-bedroom place, but you only get one bedroom. You have to share all the other common areas. Split and it. I'm like, um, I've not lived with I've not lived with roommates since I was me. literally 21 years old, and I'm about to be 28. So a whole seven years uh, either living. Yeah, which like no shade at people that have roommates. It's just it's like not, our not thing. fit it's for just, our personality. It's not our thing, and that's okay. But – Will I? That's why we live where we exactly. To not that have that is why I live. That's why I live the way I do. And one of my favorite TikTokers is um, Tasha Alexis, who used to be a Vine star. And one of her like sayings is, "It costs to live like this." Okay, it costs to live like this. I will pay whatever I need to pay in order to live by myself. I just will. <laughs> Yeah, unless it's $3,500 exactly. in New York um, City. But if I get a job that pays me enough money to allow me to live that life, then I'll do it. But until then. If you're hiring, contact Sierra. She needs minimum like five to seven grand yes. income per month. Thank you. After Thank taxes. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a really cool person and you live in New York and we might vibe, uh, I'll consider being your roommate. Consider it. But I. You should just ask Kayla. You could just like live in her closet. I'm sure you would not Kayla, impose it do all. You have a on? I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm ready. Or um, Jody. Jody, our guest, yeah. she lives in New York. I don't know where. I don't know anything else. You're like, we met one time. You I know, don't we chatted want me to be a roommate? Time, um, several months ago now. Can't you just get me a job at People Magazine? I will literally be your assistant if you let me it's sit on your <laughs> Um, Good luck with that. Um, I wish you all the best in New York. <laughs> 
Come visit in Scranton sometime. <laughs> I will. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we get into our bachelor recap talk? Um, no, not really. 